How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. There you go. So, you've missed my singing of you? Well, it doesn't matter. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Greetings and welcome to the Manchester United Redcast, brought to you here from the heart of London. My name is Edward Augustus, Matthew Christopher Nestor. Over there in Manchester, we have Bobby Meakin. How are you, Bobby? I've missed our house band starting the show off like that. It just adds a whole element of quality to it, which our budget has lacked in recent weeks. I found <laughs> I found a card that somebody sent me about. I'm going to bring it next week. And every week I think we should open the card. And it's, it's like we are men united. Uh, and that's the way we should start it. Because this budget, uh, the non-existent budget for this podcast, does not extend to having an opening theme. We have a special... The January transfer window was not kind to no, us, I think well, we can well, safely say. C- clearly not. Uh, special guest tonight, uh, a man who's a stand-up comedian and who's come uh, to join us here, uh, uh, Nick Dixon, Manchester United supporter. Welcome to you, Nicholas. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure as well. First time you went to watch Man United? <sighs> I didn't know you were going to spring that on me. I can't remember the first time. We, we, I've been to Old Trafford a lot during the golden years of Cantona. You're a glory-seeking bastard. Then. No, well, no. Oh, welcome. <laughs> you're, you're even more welcome. No, that's not true because I, I started to get even more interested once we lost Ferguson and once it got really difficult. That's when I got interested again. You know, when you're winning everything, it's too easy, isn't it? Yeah, you're now like a, an ordinary supporter. Uh, well, we've got lots to talk about. You've come at a fantastic time because I've been away. <laughs> but <laughs> you've come at a fantastic time because we're a few points off fourth place. I've got a couple of my crazy theories. Bobby Meekins had good sleep, so we are good to go. Uh, let's start the uh, nearest first, shall we? we start with what happened yesterday? At uh, three quarters of that match, we were in control, playing magnificently in a lapse. Uh, allowed Costa in to do what he did not do under Jose Mourinho. Their fourth draw at home under Gus Hiddink. Uh, they uh, scored, equalised, Chelsea won. Or Bobby Meekin, let's start with you. What did you make of that match? Well, yeah, and he was, you're right. It was a, it was a decent performance by United for, say, you know, two-thirds of the match. 
Um, wasn't that surprised that Chelsea got the equaliser because they're putting the squeeze on us in that, that final part of the game. And it had all the hallmarks, I think, of many Chelsea United games, to be honest, having watched plenty in recent years. It's so often been the case that United tend to start quite strongly and positively and Chelsea gets stronger as the game goes on, almost wear us down. And it, it had that sort of pattern to it again. So I have to say at the end, because I, I, the, the, the way Chelsea pressed us... I'd, I don't think we can moan too much about it being a draw, to be honest. I don't think Manchester United did enough in the end to win the match. We had our chances, but then we did. Chelsea went, you know, started to dominate, and you let Chelsea dominate you at Stamford Bridge. It's it's likely, even with the great, great David de Gea who made some magnificent saves, it's likely in the end we're going to concede. Yeah, I mean, it, it, what was interesting, Nick, is that the manager talked in the uh, press conference about give yourself a chance to get what you deserve. And what I took from that, and I like this guy in terms of trying to understand subliminally what he's saying, and he speaks a lot of languages, right, is that you did so well for so long, actually put the game to bed. Now we had a draw when actually we could have done it 2-1 or 3-1. Yeah, I think what Robert's saying there is we couldn't expect to win. I think what it is when you compare it to the past, we would have expected to go on and kill the game, at least get yeah, a second yeah, goal. Yeah. And uh, so that's what Van Hal's talking about. He's saying you've done the hard work, you've got 1-0 up at Chelsea, now just finish it. So why don't they just finish it? Is it confidence or lack of organisation or Memphis Depay? What is the reason? Yeah, I mean, two very recent mistakes costing us a game, a lot of points pointing to a guy who I've resisted the idea of calling him some kind of, uh, I don't know, bargain bucket Mario Balotelli. But this guy is not clearly going to make it at Manchester United, Nick. No, well, not unless he changes his attitude a lot. Because uh, talking about Depay, right? Yeah. He gives away that shocking pass. No one really knew why he came on anyway. And then fails to track back, which is the mm-hmm. amazing thing. You've been on two minutes Everyone else has played a whole game. How hard is it to run back? I, I track back in the park. Do you know what I mean? How hard is it just to track back? At least make it look... He could have even got... He could have done something. He could have stopped that attack, maybe, or at least made an effort. I think that's what people were so annoyed about. And, yeah, and I mean, I think the thing that foreigners, people who come from outside this country who maybe played football, and of course he was magnificent, wasn't he? Certainly uh, over there in Holland. But people who try really hard. That's why, in fact, Rooney had to be stopped, didn't he, from the uh, former England manager, stopped from running back, being left back, being right back, being Rooney, Rooney, because he was everywhere. And actually, his job was up front. But this guy's not putting in a shift at all. And for the talent that I think he has, it it just makes you even more frustrated, Robert. It really does. I think we said at the uh, beginning of the season, I thought that the Van Hal's fate was very much tied to those big signings of Martial and Memphis. Remember, because of the people who'd left the club as well, we were really relying on Memphis being a star player for us this season. Of course, that simply has not materialised. He's shown flashes, particularly uh, perhaps earlier on in the season. I prefer Nanny. No, no. I prefer Nanny. No, I prefer Nanny. Yeah, right now, I think it's fair to say exactly that. I think he's he's even less consistent than Nanny was. Nanny used to drive us mad for all his, again, natural talent. But Memphis certainly isn't even at that level presently. And it's no. really, really disappointing. Yet another expensive wide player we've bought who looks like he's out of the club. Well, when you think of the Radamel Falco, the Wildbacks, when you think of the Wilson, and when you think of the Chikorito and the forward players that we've allowed to go, uh, and of course, not, not, not forgetting Van Persie, and then you look at what is being achieved 
Martial, absolutely, hands up. I don't think any, any of the three of us, let me see if I'm speaking out of turn, would say that you can't see the fu- that there is the future, a magnificent talent, even at this age. But yeah. that, that guy there, for him to be, you know, keep Welbeck then, keep, keep Wilson then, keep Chikorito then, keep Van Persie then. That, that is a bet mm. that's absolutely lost every single penny. And I think you have to cash it in now. Tell me I'm wrong, Nick. Um, what on on Memphis? Yeah, it's it's yeah. It, it doesn't seem like he's going to pan out. But weirdly, this other things worked out with Lingard, which no one really saw coming. Maybe I, I didn't. And then Borthwick Jackson. And oh, Memphis. really? Really well yeah. played. I mean, yeah, mm. youngster did really well yeah. in that kind of environment. Yeah, absolutely. But you need goals. Yeah. You, need, you need to score goals. So when you look at your attacking options. Fine, you know, Smalling, magnificent. Uh, I think, Rob, you've called him as our player of the year. De Gea, magnificent, right yeah. up there. Great to see him, him and Courtois, uh, and see how they both perform. And you can see he is right up there, absolutely. And I'd be surprised if a bid didn't come in for him mm. at the end of the year. But we need to score goals. And sometimes I look at our team, and, you know, great though that goal was, it's difficult to see where the goals are coming from, Rob. It's it, it was it was a bizarre and dare I say arrogant move in the first place to shed so many attacking players. And let's be frank, I was a big Hernandez fan. He wasn't delivering particularly. He was out of form and out of confidence when we we lost him. But he was, a, I think, again looked after in the right way. He could have done a good job for us. I would argue myself that Welbeck again infuriating, but was worth keeping as a player if we could have done because just because we just didn't simply replace. Did Wilson get a chance? Enough. I think Wilson didn't get enough of a chance again. Yanazai, again, who's now come back by accident because it was a complete disaster in Germany. We're, you know, that, that, again, is a player who potentially is a wonderful top-class player who is in danger of being ruined. Mm. And, and, I mean, look, I, I know we're going to jump about in this podcast a bit, but, you know, there will be a thread. Uh, by the way, thanks for listening, wherever you are around the world. And we love your comments on what we're saying because we're fans. No, the reason we're on the podcast is not because we know anything more than anybody else. It's because we are fans. Oh, God, no. Yeah, hell no. I don't want anybody to think that. If you have a theory on what is good, bad, right, wrong, in or out, uh, then you can get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, and you can listen to all the shows where we've made, all the mess-ups of all the predictions we've made. Uh, but I think that that brings me through to in terms of the way that we nurture young people to the manager argument. We'll come back to the game very shortly because I've never been a fan of, of Jose Mourinho. I think he brings a circus with him. I think he's a pragmatist and I don't think we need pragmatism when it comes to Manchester United. You'll go a goal up and then he'll bring on three kind of holding midfielders. That's not the kind of football we want to see either. But it does seem to me if we come fifth, it gives everybody a way out. You can say Van Hal kind of held it, kept it steady and got us to a point where like, we needed to make the next step. Marino comes in, gets us to third, gets us to second, maybe wins us a couple of cups, then Giggs takes over in three years' time. Nick, let's get your thoughts on that first of all. OK, well, Mourinho, I'd be interested to see Mourinho just in terms of the pure drama of it. You know, like when I was younger, I used to get really emotionally involved in the games. As I'm older, I'm just, I get interested in the, the soap opera of the different managers. You know, yeah. Van Hal's crazy, Mourinho's crazy. They're all fascinating in different ways. So I'd be, I'd be interested to see Mourinho at Man United just because it's so odd. But um, yeah, I don't think anyone wants to see the Chelsea style of football. As for Giggs taking over, I'm not totally convinced, unless he's proved himself somewhere else, he might be amazing. But it's, it's hardly any managers who can do it at the top level because you, 
you're managing a massive company, you're looking after all these egos. There's so many, as well as tactics, there's so many aspects to it. That's why there only seem to be like a few people in the world can actually do it. And we just don't know if Giggs is one of those people. Like, it's a very different thing being a TV pundit and then managing a team. Ask Gary Neville. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Giggs, you wouldn't bet against him because he's such a winner. Like you, you look at the way he handled his career. You just don't think, you know, he's a serious guy. So you think he would have a chance in that way. But there's all these skills to learn that he just doesn't have the experience of. I'd be interested in Pochettino. I don't know if that was just a rumour. And now he's doing better with Spurs. Maybe he wouldn't want to come. Well, Pochettino, the rumour, as I've heard it, Bobby, is that Chelsea are interested in him. That's quite likely, isn't it? Because they're going to be they're in the hunt for a new manager now that Guardiola is out of reach at City. You imagine that is a sort of move that Chelsea would make. Absolutely. Unless, of course, Pellegrini wins two or three, then you imagine somebody in the Premiership has mm-hmm. to try Sweet. and keep the Chilean in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah. in the country. I mean, and he's an unlucky guy, and they're going to see that. I think we've seen that against Leicester, mm-hmm. how Man City, because the, the players aren't going to play for him. He's going. So it's going to be mm-hmm. so interesting to see uh, how, how that works. But, but do you want to see Mourinho at Manchester United, Bobby? I do. And I've said that the last few weeks. And, and, and I know you used the word pragmatism. I, I, I'd use that in a positive way. I think we had this idea... It's rather fairy tale vision of Manchester United because of what happened with the latter years of Alex Ferguson when obviously we were winning everything in sight. We were sold this story that Manchester United were different from other clubs. We worked in the long term. We didn't get hire and fire managers. Of course, it only happened once in our recent history. We'd fired plenty of managers before Alex Ferguson. The truth is, Manchester United have now become like any other top you know, world team. They've got, I'm afraid. We are going to be uh, we're going to be having managers coming through the door every two or three years, like all the others do. And I think under that brief, Jose Mourinho is a good bet because there's a very good chance he'll bring silverware. I think the Jose, I think with Van Hal, I wouldn't be surprised if his get out, in fact, is he doesn't get fired. In fact, that he chooses to go by choice at the end of the season, and that's our way to get. It the can't be easy. In. I mean, the focus is always on him. And, 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 and did you hear the yeah. press conference today? Yes. But I thought it was, I thought I, it drove me mad to be honest because I, I thought he's obviously, he's an intelligent man. He's an experienced manager, but I thought he showed utter naivety. Now, this is a journalist speaking. So I come, I should, I should quite, I should register an interest here and say, I think when you're moaning about the unfair press coverage of British football journalists, it's like moaning about the weather. Or complaining about the tide. Well, it's a waste of time. No, a waste I, I of time. Well, well, who's, who's not, who's not done it? Dignity. The only person who's not done it hasn't got a job next year. The only person that I know who hasn't moaned, who's carried themselves with utter dignity in the face of all sorts of nonsense, uh, is Pellegrini. Everybody else moans. Arsene Wenger has never, Arsene Wenger has never referred in all the years he's been in this country. If you notice, he's never referred to a journalist or an interviewer by name. Well, exactly. That's because he knows what he's doing. Exactly. I think, I think you you just have to play as. You're never going to like football journalists in this country. Just play a slightly cleverer game. No, I mean, I like the fact that he said to the guy today. Yeah, he said to him yesterday, "You are the product." Of a brother and sister. That's effectively now, what that's, he said to him. No, I think that's just his linguistic difficulties, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> well, that's what I took from it. I thought he was. Fa- I thought you're not allowed to speak to people like that in the country. Well, Marino complains what- about it. I missed that. Yeah. I know he said that I can get you sacked. I could write that you're going to be sacked. That was the big. You know, he said to the journalist, "I can say you will be sacked." And then yeah. how will your family feel? He said that. He seems to play the victim in a weird way with the press. Yeah, but that, that's the bit Which of it I don't like. Which is a waste of time. That's the bit of it is nonsense. 
Yeah. I don't, I well, don't mind wait, him who complaining. Cares what Mrs. Van Hal thinks. I mean, good luck to her. But I'm really not that concerned that Mrs. Van Hal is upset that we're being nasty about I do feel Louis. a little sorry for him. I don't want to offend journalists, but I do feel a little sorry for Van Hal when oh, I watch the, the journalists the, go at him. Absolutely. Because he wasn't they quite know ready the, for it, was They he? know the response they're going to get. Yeah. And they do it on purpose. Now you've got Paddy Power saying, well, we score more points than this guy can lose pounds because he could have <laughs> fat, which I think is great fun. But, I th- you know, sometimes I think he's play acting as well. I don't think he's as... Maybe I'm just naive, but I don't think he's as literal as sometimes he presents. Well, the question is how it helps him as well. He doesn't seem to be that savvy about it. He's just totally honest. And even when he, he called himself a successful manager once, and then he said, or maybe you can say now formally successful. It's like, don't say that. That's crazy. <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's some of the stuff he says, you just, in terms of PR for yourself, you, you should never say it. But don't, but don't it's you just, know, don't think it's just go, totally he, he's blunt. He's told us what he thinks. Don't, don't you think that's, that's not... I mean, I like the foreign managers that have come in because they don't play the straight bat in the way that some of the others, you know, Martinez doing his dance and Jose Mourinho causing problems wherever he goes, anti-football or whatever. Uh, and I think, I think they bring something really interesting to it, which is very different. I'm really worried, you know, Eddie Howe aside and maybe the boy at Crystal Palace, Pardew, but, uh, but, you know, Newcastle aren't doing very well. Sunderland aren't doing very well. Language is a big thing, Bobby, and English people, British people, don't believe they have to learn it. These guys who are doing well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because language works yeah. a different part of your brain. Speak three, four, and sometimes five languages. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's true, which we take for granted here. I mean, you only have to see Gary Neville currently at Valencia with his iPad trying to translate trying to communicate via a translator of how potentially very wrong it can go well you say the marinos the van hals of this world we sometimes laugh about their clipped english good grief they, they speak the language and like uh, as i'm not sure you know for example someone like sam allardyce you couldn't imagine him turning up in rome and speaking italian within three weeks yeah yeah tony pulis as well another guy in trouble i think we're getting to a really difficult stage here but my my point wasn't really about whether Man United change managers every three years. My point was the way we play. The way we play, and, and, and historically it's been two wingers, get the ball into the box, built around a great goalkeeper, central defensive partnership that's solid as a rock. That, that's kind of the spine of the team. That, that's what I know and, and what I remember uh, uh, about Manchester United. What Jose Mourinho will come and do is he'll come in with his two holding midfielders. He'll go 1-0 up and he'll close the door. He will park the bus and that will be as boring as yeah. whatever. But how do you compare that to what Van Hal's already doing? You're saying you'd prefer Van Hal with his famously boring possession well, football. Well, you, you say that, but you, you can't lose if you've got control of the ball. If you've got possession of the ball, you're not going to lose. And the thing is, here's the thing. Granted, Stoke have had a poor run. Granted, Derby aren't in our division. But actually, you started to feel some momentum. And certainly, as Bobby says there, for two-thirds of the game yesterday, they were playing really well. How much of that was down to the fact that everything seemed to be going through Michael Carrick, who's, uh, uh, as far as I can tell, his contract runs out at the end of the season, Bobby. Yeah, I mean, Carrick, I mean, Carrick is like the elegant old lady of the team, isn't he, really? He sort of doesn't like getting knocked about, but he's, uh, he's, he's wonderful to watch, you know, and he's just such a great brain on him. I actually think he's become a better player, actually, in, in recent years compared to even, say, seven or eight years ago. But uh, I, I, I... Injury prone, though, now, right? There's only so much left in Michael Carrick. We can't be planning a team around Michael Carrick. He's, he is, again, he's... he's 
I've used, I used to say this about Ryan Giggs. It comes under the luxury dessert category now. To be used, enjoyed sparingly, I think. Yeah, you can't get away from the feeling that, that we are carrying a, a, a lot of fat, you know, and some of that fat needs to be carved away and we need to bring in uh, some more stuff. Are you going to get rid of a couple of players? Me? Yes. Oh, yeah, is it, is it up to you, me? Yeah, uh, yeah it I, is. You I are, you're God right now. Um, I don't, um, there's no one I'm desperate to get rid of. We def- Fellaini? Well, yeah, Fellaini. Dupay? Okay, actually, okay, I correct myself. Those two, the two you just said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like we also... Is it, if only girls were that easy to convince Bobby, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be all right, wouldn't I? <laughs> the problem is our best strikers also playing on the left wing, and we need two Marshalls, basically. That's yeah, what we need. Yeah. We need a striker or, you know, we need him to move to striker or, you know, we need another striker. About a year or so ago, I, I, I was suggesting that the uh, central defender was the new problem position in world football. Mm. Is the new problem position not actually <laughs> a striker? Where, where is there a 20, a guarantee? And we've seen the power of a striker. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I thought, you know, I know 11,000 isn't a lot of people, but actually you could have done a deal. Adebayo could have gone to any of those teams struggling to score. And I think he will score for Crystal Palace because when that man is in yeah. need of a contract, yeah. he can play. There's nobody who can tell you that Adebayo can't play. We've seen the power. Uh, the man we're about to face, actually, for Sunderland, uh, has you know he's on about seventy grand a week. Nobody wanted to pay it, and to be, you know to be honest, Big Sam didn't fancy him. But even Big Sam can see now uh, that Defoe is doing a job for Sunderland. So, am I wrong in suggesting the striker is the new problem position? It's a huge thing, isn't it? Because you see it, Suarez when he was on form, you saw how the incredible difference that made. Vardy now Costa uh, last year. So when you have an informed striker, then you can. You seem to be able to win even with a, what seems to be a weaker team in some cases. You know, Liverpool almost did it. Based, it was Sterling and Sturridge as well, but it was almost solely Suarez, it felt yeah. like, didn't it? Yeah. So if you have an informed striker, yeah, you can go all the way. Yeah, and they thought they could replace him with uh, uh, Mario Balotelli. It's, just, it's, so, it's so ludicrous. <laughs> he must deserve to lose his, jo- lose his job just uh, because of that. Uh, look, so there, is there a 25 uh, goal a season man around that you would like Bobby making? I think, I, of course, there are. I mean, if you can start, you look at it overseas and the, the Lewandowski, someone like that, you imagine you do a job for us. But I actually have a great faith that Martial will be that player for us. I mean, if he's I mean, played if as I, our striker, he's played on the if wing. If he played the striker, which I think will exactly, which I think will happen. I mean, right now, if you looked at, if I was looking ahead and looking at say, this Manchester United team, you'd want it to be in three years' time when it's hopefully competing again for Premiership titles of the Champions League. Who are the players now? That you'd keep. I'd, I'd, I'd look to De Gea if we could keep him as a big if. I looked to Smalling, Luke Shaw when he's back fit, and Martial. Yeah. Frankly, beyond that, yeah. a lot of other players are rather, you know, it, it's pretty much a grey area. And so that, that, I think that's the, the level we're at at the moment. In terms of the medium term, you'd where hope, are you'd hope, Jan- you'd hope Janazai, Janazai would come into that. Oh, well, maybe, so. he, he's, a, he's a maybe, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. At best, you know. Uh, but I, I would say those are the only players I would. I would mention if we're talking in 2018 I'd say yeah I'd love to see them running out for United yeah Matt has been pretty effective in the last few games hasn't he did we mention Matt there no he's been he has been but he isn't three years you think Matt will Um, still be operating at the top level I I doubt it no maybe not not not, not three years I mean it is interesting and I think those guys who are I don't know the the Blindens the Blinds and all of them have actually done better than, than I thought they would do, if, I, if I'm honest with you. It is the striker. 
It is the, the the guy who puts the ball away when you don't really expect the one that gets the the, the goal that Vardy scored against uh, Man City. You know what I mean? You oh. you need somebody who can do who can do that. Uh, and uh, I think Arsenal are going to find out they're going to struggle because they don't have that. And if Man City yeah. stay in the hunt at all, it, because they've got the one man. If if he stays fit, one man goal scoring machine. Uh, which is Kung. I'll call him Kung, if that's all right, because right, that's the name he wears. He's a fantastic player. Uh, look, let's uh, talk uh, uh, about that. Costa's playing now. You're talking about a guy who can score goals. Costa's scoring now, and he wasn't scoring under Mourinho. That, that's my other problem with Mourinho. Uh, do you think that a man with a, uh, a planet-sized ego like Mourinho can actually... Because you learn more. I have in my life, anyway. Learn more from my mess-ups, my mistakes... But actually, you have to sit down. You have to take on board what you did. He clearly lost that dressing room because of the way they're playing now. We know because of the goals that have been scoring now, the way that Fabregas is playing, uh, the way that Costas. But we know that he lost that dressing room. That ego is going to be an issue wherever he goes, Nick. Yeah. Well, he's claimed, or it's rumored that he's claimed that he would he would sort that out and he would sort of do things the United way. Was that proved to be even true or not? I don't know. He's, he allegedly had this letter, which I don't even know if it was real. But um, he, he's, he's claimed that he'll put away that ego, so I've heard, you know, to some degree to fit in with Man United, which he probably won't. That's just something that I've heard. But um, yeah, I don't know if he can do that. And he's never failed before, really. That was the weird thing about that, wasn't it? So we don't, we don't know how he'll bounce back. We have no idea, really, how he'll come back from that. You want him? Make your prediction, Bobby. Yeah, I do. I do want him. And I, 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 mean, I, I don't believe, if there's a gun to my head, I don't think Ryan Giggs will be a successful Manchester United manager. There's a chance. Who knows? But I would, if I was put in the corner, I'd say, no, he won't be. I think Mourinho, with his premiership success rate, is our best option, particularly Guardiola coming across the road. It is a pact with the devil. There's no point pretending. And it could blow up in our face. I actually think it would work very well. I think Jose Mourinho and Manchester United would pure show business in a good way for a while. And I think I think it would be a very, very a great statement of intent on our part again to try and put us at the top table. Uh, at what has been a very traumatic time for the club. And in terms of his teams being boring, just to be a little contrary, I don't remember certainly when with the likes of Frank Lampard were roaming free in midfield under Jose Mourinho's previous team. They were particularly boring. Real Madrid, because the caliber of players he had, certainly went boring. And Chelsea last season were not boring. Yeah. When he came back to Chelsea, you well know, as a journalist, he was told that he, they needed a particularly uh, yeah. attractive brand of football. That first two, two and a bit years was boring as shit, and you know it. <laughs> you well know it. You well know I it. think actually his worst, his most boring team was that bloody Milan team that just suffered everybody. Oh, yeah, the, 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 one, the, the, one, the one the treble. I, it, look, even I would put up with that, mate. I take that. That's the question, is it? Can you accept boring if you're winning? Because... You know, Van Hal, yeah. he's run into the problem of being boring and losing. Yeah. That's the big problem. No, People can take a bit of excitement and lose. I think that Leicester game was key where we lost 5-3. I feel like after that, and he brought Fellaini and he, he said he didn't realise how physical the Premier League was. He didn't want to get embarrassed again. And so he's been, that was mm. my theory, that he's got a lot, he got a lot more boring after that. Yeah, oh, you would have liked more games after that. And when we played him again, it was one all, wasn't it? And it was a completely different type of uh, uh, a game. And boring is fine when you win it. Manchester United won that league. They hunted down Newcastle with a stream of one nils with Eric Cantona. And they were all just scrappy, scrappy matches. Fans, to, it gets, it is, when, as we were saying, it's when we're not getting results. People start saying you're boring. It's amazing. Football fans are very pragmatic. 
As soon if it's a scrappy one nil, two nil win, we don't care. You know, and there are always moments in the football with the quality of players when there's a there's a great moment and we'll just we'll celebrate those. But you know, let's be let's be frank. Yeah, no, the first thing is actually getting up the table again, for God's sake. I I I I've got a theory to try out on you before we uh, close the podcast talking about the upcoming game against uh, Sunderland, which we really uh, you know, they've got enough of our players for us to be able to do some kind of a, a, a deal. I, I'm hopeful of that, uh, which is that my heart and my mind often tell me different things. Quite often, Nick, it's when I'm drunk. I'm not drunk at the moment. And I suggest <laughs> to you... Merely tipsy. And to Bobby, <laughs> tipsy and love, good vibes. I suggest to both of you that there is no way on the evidence of life as I have seen in my 51 years on God's earth that both Leicester and Tottenham Hotspur can continue the way they are. One of them will drop out of the top four. Let's discuss. Mm. First of all, you're looking great for 51. I didn't realise. And uh, um, <laughs> You can come back any time you like. Um, yeah, well, and no one said Leicester could do it. Tottenham, if you ever talk to Tottenham fans, they all have this mentality, don't they? They just won't do it. They'll mess it up in the end. Every time I talk to and Tottenham they, fans... And they will. Yeah, well, but the only question is, can they now turn that around? Because Pochettino, he's got them fitter. He seems to be turning that attitude around, you know. But when it, that seems to be so ingrained. Just like United had this ingrained mentality for so long that we will win in the end at the last minute. Tottenham had this attitude, we will somehow mess this up. Yeah, with the pizza, with the whatever. I, I, they won't. One of Leicester... Here, here you go. Here's a discussion point. Leicester or Tottenham will fall out of the top four. Everything in my life that I've learned in football <laughs> and in romance tells me that. Do you agree? If so, which one? I would say if either of them are going out, I would say that, that we've got to hope it is. I, I think Tottenham would be yeah. the ones to fall out. I, I can't think. believe that Arsenal and City won't be in the We've got to pray that Tottenham fall out because that's our only bloody chance of getting in ourselves presently. So I will open. I've not got anything particularly personal against Tottenham Hotspur at the end, but they need to get out of there as quickly as possible. <laughs> for, our, for our sake, they need to revert to type. Well, we, we've, got, we've got everybody, haven't we? We've got March 20th, we've got Man City. Before that, we've got Arsenal and... Uh, if my memory serves me right, we've, we've got the return match against Tottenham, haven't we? So, so April the ninth, Saturday, April the ninth. Yeah. So we've yeah. got it. We've Tottenham. got it in our. We've got everything in our own hands. Yeah. Yeah. And Manchester United right now, we we have no right to be in the top four. By the way, we've played no. this season. Just got to no. hope to God we can turn things down. But there's nobody coming. Gone. As the actress said to the bishop, there's nobody coming in from behind, is there? Well, no, it's hard to imagine West Ham United West Ham. are really going to make a surge for the top four, isn't it? Yeah, and we're still... And, 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 and Liverpool can't get... Liverpool can't work it out. Uh, Everton are kind of a bit like Liverpool. It's a bit hit and miss and everything's going against yeah. them. They're really unlucky. And therefore, the top five... Out of the top five, we will get the top four. Nick, look, I started by asking you a question you didn't expect. You should have expected this one. Give me your top four. My top four this year? Okay. Um... All right, in order, or just who's going to make the top I four? I won't press you on the order. <laughs> okay, we're gonna, I'm going to go with Leicester. I'm going to say they're going to carry on. I'm going to go with Arsenal. Um, I've got to put United in there just to be positive. And then, <laughs> that, and then I'm going to, I suppose, unless, unless, like you say, City totally fall apart because they don't play for Pellegrini, I guess I've got to put City in there, just have the most, this is most obvious top four, really. But um, the only question I was going to say is, do you necessarily the really anti Van Hal people won't necessarily want United to get top four maybe 
unless I don't know. You know, if they really want Van so, Hal to the, go. Yeah, but I think he's. I think whatever is going to happen will happen unless they win it, which they're clearly not going to. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So if Marino's going to take over, he'll take over with them in third. He'll take over with them in fourth, and he'll take over uh, with them in fifth. That, that, that's my feeling. Rob, I don't know what yours are on that. I've got, I, I'd say Arsenal to win it, Leicester second, City third, and I will be optimistic and say United fourth. Well, all of us have got United in it. I'm going to fold this up and put it in that safe place. You know where keep the really, mood up. You know, keep the mood up. You know where that really okay. safe place is. The the place where nothing ever gets touched in my wallet. Uh, and uh, I'll take this out, uh, and we'll see how close we uh, we, yeah. we got. Well, if Deli Ali carries on playing well, we could all be <laughs> totally wrong. Uh, yeah. call, call it for me, Nick. We're playing Sunderland uh, away. They get big crowds, and they'll have a big crowd. The Black Cats up there, won't they? Uh, try to drive their players on. We'll have to muzzle Defoe because he seems to be. Uh, where it's all coming from. Call it for me. The score, I'm going to go um, two, uh, two, I, I was going to say 2-1 to United and I'm thinking where are we going to get two goals from? Um, we've been scoring a bit recently though. Yeah, so. I think we'll get a penalty. Okay, we'll go 2-1 United then. And Bobby? <laughs> I'll go, I'll be more optimistic and hope that Marshall gets his scoring boots on and say 3-1 United. Great. 2-0 for me. So 2-1 uh, 3-1 sorry 3-1 and 2-0 uh, let's see which one of us is right uh, Nick, listen will you come back and do it for, you've been for, he's been alright hasn't he Bobby what do you think he's been a joy a great, a great, a great addition to the squad more than a squad player yeah, I'd say that unlike, unlike the underperforming star regular players of the podcast someone actually has brought something interesting to the field yeah 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 yeah. Uh, next time he'll come and he'll provoke us he'll come with I questions I just don't want to be us. the I don't want to be the Phil Jones of the podcast that's yeah, all I'm uh, asking yeah injury oh god the man walks out into the pitch and gets injured uh, maybe he's just I don't know he's not grown up yet was he 22 now how is he Bobby 22 23 yeah, the great lump certainly got got to be into his twenties now. Yeah, and he's he's not yet the greatest Manchester United player since Duncan Edwards, after, as as Alex Ferguson predicted. But I'm beginning to think that Alex might have had a bottle or two of French red when he made that uh, rather rash statement uh, in the latter part of his managerial career. Absolutely, he got yeah, there's a man who got out just in time. He pulled out. Uh, as the actress said to the bishop, just in time, didn't he? Uh, listen, Nick, thank you so much for doing this. Bobby, look after yourself, mate. Cheers, Until see you soon. Uh, next week from us. Come on, you Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.